1: Takes a left-hand drive. Attacks
0: Bradley with a euro step. Tony goes up with him and blocks the shot. Loose ball. Jousted for. It. Bounced. Punch. Picked up by Mitchell. Mitchell leaves the trailing for Ney. Ying. Right side George. Three ball good. 124 to play. Donovan's turn. Donovan and Black Donovan. two-man game. Donovan being guarded by
1: Lonzo Ball. Takes a left-hand dribble. Rises. Fires. Hits. He's so clutch. He's Donovan
2: Mitchell. David Locke on the call as the Jazz took down the Pelicans. That wrapped up the road trip. Jazz are back home tonight. It's the lowly Knicks. 7 o'clock tonight. PK, what you smell victory in the air. Oh, for sure. Knicks going back-to-back after losing to the Lakers last night. Jazz in a groove right now, playing great. What more could you ask for? Nothing. That win over the Pelicans, however... The NBA coming out and saying, well, it should have been a foul at the end of the game. Got a question up on Facebook. What's your reaction to the NBA ruling that Rudy Gobert did indeed foul Brandon Ingram on the final play? Want to give people a little tease? To what? Of what we're going to talk about in the next segment. You just did. Of what you might say in your own PK-ish way? Well, yeah, I thought it was obvious. It was right. Got a lot of people weighing in. Got some big numbers getting thrown around. we we'll get to that coming up. Stay with us, DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NBA. Cedar drives and kicks. Melo has it. Get to the paint. Pull up jumper on the way. Got it! With 3.3 seconds left, and the Blazers have the lead. 101.99.
2: The initial diagnosis is a bruised tailbone. He's going to go through additional testing tonight, and we'll have an update for you tomorrow. That's all I got. That's the Blazers winning right at the end, and that's the Lakers wondering what's going on with Anthony Davis. He went up to challenge a shot, got knocked off balance, and uh, fell hard on his tailbone, lower back. The whole team was crowding around him. But apparently the initial x-rays are negative.
1: We'll see what else they have to say today. This is bad news for the Jazz. Because? Because they say he's not going to play his next couple games, and Friday is against Dallas. It's one of the teams you're competing with. So you'd want... The Lakers, if they're not going to have Anthony Davis, you wouldn't want that against Dallas. in Cleveland or somebody in the East, fine, but not against the team that you're competing
2: with. A game that should have been hard and could have been one of Dallas's uh, 25 or 30 losses, and instead it could be a W. Makes it easier. Catching a break. Yeah. Lakers won that game over the Knicks by 30, 117 to 87. Bobby Portis went in and Took a swipe at Contavius Caldwell Pope allegedly getting to the ball but he really didn't get very close to the ball but got a good chunk of his head PK. He did. That was a flagrant foul. It was. So he got ejected They kicked him out for that 30-point blowout and then the Knicks have to fly in late and they're going back-to-back tonight against the Jazz. The, uh, the highlight you heard on the Blazers there Carmelo with the uh, late bucket the game winner in Portland gets a good win over Toronto. Portland Still well below 500, but that still leaves them in the hunt for that last playoff berth in the West. They improved to 16 and 22 with that win in Toronto. Good win. They just don't have nearly enough of them. Pistons also won on a late shot from Derrick Rose to beat the Cavs 115-113. And Cavaliers Kevin Love acknowledged that uh, he should have calmed down and not had that outburst last week. He said, "I wasn't acting like a 31-year-old." I was acting like a 13-year-old. That was not me. Trade rumors may be wearing on him a little bit. Fighting uh, his time think, in Cleveland. I would think the losing is wearing on him. Probably not helping either. ESPN doubleheader tonight. Nuggets and or excuse me, Nuggets and Mavericks on ESPN at 530. Is there a late game yock or is it just one? It's the Bucks at the Warriors. Ah, and the Jazz are playing at 7, so focused on that anyway. DJ and PK. Hashtag
0: college basketball.
2: It's unraveling for the Aggies, PK. Three straight conference losses. They got off to a nice start against Air Force. Looked like they were going to take a, I don't know, 7, 8, 9 point lead in the locker room at halftime. In the last couple of minutes, Air Force went on a run and tightened the game up. And then came out and just owned them in the second half and pulled away to win very comfortably. 79-60. That was a butt-kicking. That's three straight conference losses. Scotty G's body language on the sideline was terrible.
1: I would think that uh, that was their swan song. Say goodbye to the NCAA tournament right there, unless they can win the conference tournament. No, Ryan Swan went off for 31 points for Air Force. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Had a big game.
2: Brock Miller, 16 for the Aggies and lost, but that is three in a row. What is wrong? Energy level looked wrong. He got out rebounded, got completely dominated by a smaller team. Guys, a little energy. Go get the ball. Compete. Right on. Didn't happen. So they dropped to 13 5 on the year. They're now 2 and 3 in the Mountain West, coming home to face Nevada this weekend. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Contract time Jonathan Smith, Oregon State. They went 5-7. and seven. They actually ended up tied for second in the North. And he gets a six-year contract. Tried to lock him down. Took over, they were, what, two and 10 a year ago. He's uh, trying to do the heavy lifting at Oregon State. Six-year contract. What are the odds he finishes all six years? 100%. No, come on. If you ask me, that's what I think. All right. Congrats to Jonathan Smith. Six years at Oregon State. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL.
1: Every game is serious. Um, every game is important. Um, every regular season game was important. And like I said, you know, every playoff game is the Super Bowl because it's do or die, you know, you win and go home. I'm bringing the Super Bowl here. That's, that's my goal. That's, that's what I want to do. Um, I've been wanting the Super Bowl ever since I was a kid. You know, that's why I play the game because I want to win. So we're we just going to approach it just like any other game.
2: Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson. He's wanted the Super Bowl since a little. he was a little kid. Saturday night, divisional playoffs, Tennessee and Baltimore. 6 o'clock, 6.15 kickoff. Big news in the NFL, Carolina Panthers get Baylor coach Matt Rule and give him a seven-year, $60 million contract. Apparently Matt Rule said something like, yeah, I'll take the job, but I need some guarantees. I got a good thing here. Man, he leveraged himself an awesome contract there, PK. Seven years and $60 million. And the Panthers paid another $6 million to buy him out. I guess it's Monopoly money for the Panthers. I find it interesting how he became the hot candidate for some reason. Why does everyone think his college success will translate to the pros? He turned Temple around. He turned Baylor around. Taking what, one and two win teams and turning in double-digit win seasons. And he does have a little NFL in his background. He'd been in the NFL as an assistant coach before he was coaching college. Still don't feel like that's any guarantee, do you? Because there's no guarantees in coaching. Nope. Get him a quarterback. What's he going to do? Who's, who's going to be the guy? When Cam Newton was healthy and at the top of the league, so were the Panthers. But series of injuries and tons of speculation about him being somewhere else. The Giants hire Joe Judge, the Patriots wide receivers coach and special teams coach. He's 37. He might have been in line for offensive coordinator with the Patriots if they'd lost their OC. But instead, he's the second youngest coach in the NFL. Rams coach Sean McVay still the youngest. Here come the Judge. Yeah. Do you know anything about Joe Judge? Was he on your radar at all? No. Nah, me neither. But now he's the guy. The, up to the uh, up to him to get the Giants going. He was rumored to be in the Mississippi State mix because he played there. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Roxy Bernstein, ESPN, Pac-12 Network broadcaster. He's calling BYU and St. Mary's tomorrow. We'll talk to him about... The Cougars and the Gales. And Jay Drew, BYU football writer for the Deseret News, is going to join us. At 9 o'clock, PK, we're talking about a uh, big piece they did, A Decade of Independence. Dick Harmon with a column and Jay Drew with a story. It's only been nine years, but uh, you know we'll just go with it. Yeah. All right, we'll talk with Jay at 9 o'clock. Coming up next... What do you think about the jazz and the news that that really was a foul at the end of the Pelicans game in the opinion of the NBA. We'll get your reaction to that. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James, 855340 zone. Got a lot of you already weighing in on Facebook. That's next. Stay with us.
0: is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Sarah Todd from the Deseret News joins us. What have you noticed about the team's fan base since you have started covering the Utah Jazz? It's funny because when I first announced that I was taking the job, a lot of the fans were like, oh, we're really crazy and, you know, we can be a little protective. And a lot of people use the word whiny and... <laughs> I think maybe the fans are just more aware of their own reputation than they actually come off because so far everyone's been really great, Mm. (laughs) and they've got a lot of good perspective, and they've been really kind to me, and I don't think that they've been whiny or overprotective, and Jazz fans have been great so far. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from ten to noon on ninety-seven five twelve eighty The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Jazz in the Knicks tonight. Jazz trying to extend the winning streak. The NBA ruling that Rudy Gobert fouled Brandon Ingram on the last play. Ingram should have been at the line shooting two free throws with a chance to force overtime where maybe the Pelicans would have been able to end the Jazz win streak. Or maybe he would have missed one of the free throws and Jazz would have won the game in regulation anyway. Who knows? Your reaction to all of that... Uh, largely a shrug and some giggles. Chris, that last two-minute report is worthless. Just makes fans angry, and it changes nothing about the outcomes of games.
1: Uh, It doesn't change anything about the outcome of that particular game, but it could change the outcome of future games. Does
2: it change the way referees... Ref down the stretch. What was really going through their mind when they didn't blow the whistle? Did they think there wasn't a foul? Or did they think there was? But, hey, star treatment, let them play at the end of the game.
1: Did that influence? Yeah, I really don't see the star treatment. I know that's your big thing, but I don't see it. Uh, I think it was more the end of the game situation. You know, these guys are constantly evaluated. And if they have too many screw-ups, then I would imagine that they would be penalized. So that's the point
2: Possibly rotate it out And other new guys rotate it in You get to go away Over the course of time
1: Yeah I find it interesting That they only do the two minutes As opposed to reporting On the previous 46 Yeah And all the calls got screwed up And then, then maybe you Would just have too lengthy Of a report every night And no one would pay attention Because it's an imperfect science For sure And the ones who are upset are the ones who lost the game, their fans, their folks. You win the game, you start pointing out, well, they didn't call the foul on Mitchell earlier, or the other day Mitchell had a three and he didn't. Yeah, we've got that. We got that take on Facebook already. Okay, and that's fine. Just remember that when it goes against you, this one went for you.
2: A lot of people brought up the home game. I think it was Memphis, where uh, Donovan was spinning at the three-point line and trying to get up a shot. Lost the ball, and people thought it was a foul.
1: I don't remember if it was or it wasn't. Uh, but then the point is, don't complain. Because it's going to be racked up to win some, lose some. And I guess don't put yourself in that position to have it come down to a call or a non-call or whatever it might be. Ryan...
2: Salutes you. Ryan posted, we won, comma, irregardless, dot, dot, dot.
1: Am I think I, it's appealing to you. My wife's uh, class that she went to yesterday, whatever, physical, fitness, aerobic, spin, or whatever they do, I don't know. She said the teacher said irregardless, and she thought of me. You own that word. It's a lasting memory. The legacy is just so
2: touching. Scott posted, How am I going to sleep tonight after hearing that ruling? And then there's a gif of uh, Kim Kardashian on our TV show, laying on some, I don't know, buffalo skin or something and pretending to be asleep for the cameras. Kim Kardashian really does it
1: for you, huh? Not really. Why not? Uh, too much drama. No, I'm just talking about physically, just raw physicality. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't find her attractive?
2: Doesn't do it for me. What does? Well, you already have a long list of people that you could recall if you chose. Yeah, I was surprised
1: about Julie McCoy on Love Boat, but what the (laughs) hell?
2: Nice fall right there.
1: (laughs) Love Boat. I guess to her, to you, she was exciting and new. Come aboard. Sailed out of Pedro, my hometown.
2: DeGiro says, you know, maybe that was a microscopic foul, but... It's irrelevant now. What does a microscopic foul mean? What does that mean? You either fouled them, or you didn't? No, oh, just barely got a little piece of a the forearm there.
1: Not a big deal. Yeah, well,
2: ball wasn't going in anyway.
1: If you say it's a flagrant or non-flagrant, but microscopic, there's no that's a new uh, that's a new thing there. you just created.
2: Ticky tack. Not going to call it Ticky tack foul at the end of the game. Well, they didn't. Brian says, you know, I think Ingram would have missed one out of two, anyways. So the game was still over, and that helps me sleep. At he would have night. missed both of them. <laughs> Eric says, and that ruling appears in the box score or the league standings,
1: where exactly?
2: It doesn't the add same up. Same
1: place as it did with Mitchell yeah. not getting fouled against Memphis. It
2: doesn't add up to anything in the short run. Question is, will they referee the end of games differently down the road, and will that help or hurt you? Will you be the team that benefits from
1: that call. Yeah, I don't know if they assign a missed call to an individual or a crew and how that's graded out because I, I just don't get in the referees and Kane Fitzgerald. I wouldn't know him from John Fitzgerald Kennedy uh, or the Wreck of the Edmonds Fitzgerald. Famous Fitzgerald. Let's go, Larry people. Larry Fitzgerald. Nice. It's uh, Larry Fitzgerald, come yeah. on. Yeah, and I, mean, I wouldn't know. I have no idea who these guys are. Don't pay attention in the least, Uh, but I like the fact that there's accountability That they're held accountable for their work and they have a an an impossible job every night you go Um, Ray of
2: referee basketball game
1: just It's impossible to come away with Everyone involved, yeah, that was a great officiated game.
2: It just doesn't doesn't seem that way. It's too much contact. They're going to let some stuff go, and they're going to call some stuff, and there's always a gray area.
1: I always look at the free throws. If they're
2: close enough, that's good enough? Yeah. And then allowing the fact if one team was fouling at the end of the game or not, more a college thing and a pro thing, but it happens in the pros sometimes. Yeah,
1: you can get maybe you know four or maybe even six free throw advantage with a fouling situation at the end there. Uh, as long as the free throws are within reason, and I expect the home team to have a few more, then I consider it good enough. I just uh, if one team has a 22 at free throw advantage, that raises an eyebrow. And I know that team. If you're a fan of that team, well, we were the more aggressive team. I, I understand the cliches that follow.
2: Cody says it was a foul, but the Jazz are usually on the other end of missed calls. Now the refs owe the Jazz. 5,678,643,678 more makeup calls for all the times the Jazz got screwed.
1: Yeah, I think he's underestimating. Good call. I don't I personally and maybe I'm naive here cuz I don't have a vested interest the way fans do in that way. I don't think anybody's getting an advantage or a disadvantage. I think the team with the better players on that particular night is usually the team that wins. Don Lee
2: says, yeah, it was a foul thanks to Ingram wrapping his arm around Gobert's torso for leverage and pulling him towards Ingram. It was a double foul, and that was a good no call no matter what the league says.
1: I admire your, your devotion. And <laughs> John rallying to the cause? Well, yes. No matter what, our guys are right and the other guys are wrong. And, and if I'm the jazz organization, I'm wallowing in that. Because that person who you just said, John, I have got him fully in all the way. Steven says,
2: Jordan pushed off. Everything will pale in comparison to that. And Malone missed free throws. There should have been a Game 7.
0: 21 years after the fact.
2: Not letting it go.
1: And he was smart enough not to take it down the lane. Pulling up for the mid-range jumper.
2: I could go in there, but they might foul me and I might not get the call. Yeah. So I'll just give him a little tiny push. And then I'll rise up and stick this shot.
1: Particularly when he was off balance, and so then the little push... Made it seem like it was a two-handed, full-force shove.
2: And that was clearly something the Bulls were coached up on, because in those two series, you can think of uh, three game winners, and they were all mid-range jumpers. That just can't be a coincidence. Nothing is a coincidence, Dave. Nothing? Very deep. I can't think of the others. You can, but I can't. You can think of Steve Kerr at the free-throw line. I couldn't have told you that was the same series, though. I said in the two series. There were three in the two. Oh. That was how they wrapped it up in 97. The B-Russ push-off was how they wrapped up in 98.
1: Well, why not go to 91? Why weren't they coached up that way in
2: 91? Maybe they were, but they weren't playing the Jazz. I was talking about the two series. Oh, and they it only matters the if they play the Jazz. Yeah, pretty
1: much. Okay, and watch Channel 2. <sighs> 10.35. Be there, people. <laughs> I'm in bed. Sorry.
2: Grayson says, I thought it was a foul. Am I glad they missed the call? Yes. Is that call going to affect the Pelicans' playoff run? LOL. Um, no. That's not the point. Will the win help the Jazz playoff seating? Maybe. That report means nothing. The Saints, on the other hand, got screwed last year in the playoffs. Somehow Tom Brady was involved in that one, because we all know the Saints would have had an offense in the Super Bowl. The Rams had nothing on Super Bowl Sunday. So the New Orleans team, with an old yet still legitimate gripe, is the team that wears the helmets and plays on turf. It's a long way to go. Yeah, I checked out. Grayson seems a little emotion invested in the Saints.
1: If you're a fan of the Saints, I would be too.
2: So you think this re- think this alters the way they referee games in the long run? These two-minute reports. Because it's not just this. These guys are getting two-minute reports all the time on bad calls, no calls, how they handle situations in the clutch. Yes. Because let's face it, it fans don't spend a lot of time complaining about that ticky-tack foul on that drive with 520 to go in the second quarter. I mean, the people who are way into it, are way into it the whole game, but even they don't talk about that. We talk about the one at the end that you don't really have a chance to bounce back from.
1: I think it's important that they're constantly evaluated, whether it's two minutes or five minutes, as you say, and that they need to be aware of you know, the theory of a foul is a foul. And I'm on board with that to a degree, but not completely. So I have zero problem with them not calling that play a foul. I, I don't have any issue with that. But at the same time, they need to be aware and us just not have a flat policy of I mean, you could commit a criminal offense in the last five seconds and we're not calling it. I and mean, that's not right either. And and that play where Lebron and and Bogey's pointing to the referee and LeBron is square dancing out there. I mean, that's stupid too. I, I think that it becomes a mockery and the particularly in this league of all the leagues that because stars matter so much and you can get, I, I believe that there's star treatment in baseball. You know, like the, the theory that Pete Rose, that no one ever called a strike three against him.
2: Yeah, I totally buy that. Pitchers, but, pitchers with a big rep getting a yeah, bigger strike. Zone. But the
1: greatest player in the game has not been in the postseason for years because you need so much more than just an individual, right? Whereas
2: LeBron elevated Cleveland, yes. elevated Miami, and is now elevating on on, the
1: Lakers. On right. and on. And yeah. we're seeing what Donsich is just doing for the Mavericks. You're taking them, They've been a loser for a number of years, and now they look like they have an awesome future. And so the league needs to be aware of this, and it you have to make sure it's the most prone to running afoul of fair competition of all the sports, I believe. And so because of this, it has to really hone in on what's correct and what isn't. And so you can't you can't allow LeBron to do his thing. And there was a, th- uh, a th- uh, what last year? Uh, I think it was against Jazz and Rubio, where Harden took like five steps yeah. to his right. Yeah,
2: that's a that lives online. That's out there in the
1: Twitterverse. People have been laughing about that for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another one, I think, against the Warriors, where he was both feet out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if that's Joe Blow, he's getting called on that.
2: But it's James Harden, and then that just reinforces the star treatment. Yeah. And then you'll tell me you don't really buy my theory on star treatment at the end of the game, but it's out there floating around and everybody doesn't have to buy it. It can still hurt the league. I
1: just don't think Gobert has star treatment. Um, That's me. Uh, So the league has to be very much aware of this. And at the same time... You also have to balance. If I'm paying $125, I don't want to see LeBron get two touch fouls in the first quarter.
2: Fact. Because of the rules of the game. Yeah. Now he sits and we're like, well, we paid to see LeBron. Right. If you're coming I mean, to the, watch
1: the Lakers, and most the,
2: likely you're coming to watch LeBron. And the league knows that. They've been marketing that for pretty much 30 exactly. 40 years now. Exactly. You know, you lived in LA, and I was in Southern California. And the Clippers, when they were terrible, would just have billboards up. Come see David Robinson and the
1: Spurs, and like his name would be in front. They've been doing this forever. So there's a balancing act there. It's not a quandary. You just have to be aware of it. So they have to make sure. That's why these guys, these three guys, and I realize there's some women out there. These guys, uh, non-genderish, that they have to be aware of the entertainment factor and the fans in the
2: stands and that's why we have to cut the refs a little bit of a break even though it's no fun because now you've just laid all this out they have to know all the rules they have to make snap decisions on judgments in the moment they got megastars coaches and players trying to intimidate them they got people screaming stuff at them and not only are they supposed to apply the rules, now they're supposed to have the NBA's marketing needs. Oh, I better not give that. Does that guy have a foul already? I better not give him a second one, because then the coach will sit him for the rest of the first quarter. Or yeah. I better not give him a fourth one, and they're supposed to do all this other stuff running up and down the court. Well, and I think that's, that's ar- not going to happen.
1: That's a realistic scenario.
2: Yeah. And that's, there, there's no way they're going to weigh all those things and then make the same call that somebody sitting in an office the next day is going to make. Because Gobert did make a little contact, and Ingram did make a little contact with Gobert. And Mm -hmm. it's all supposed to happen in a split second. You're supposed to get it right. Good luck with that.
1: That's what it comes down to, yes. So that's why their job is virtually impossible in terms of pleasing everyone. It's just not going to happen. And they need to be aware of all these things, and the league needs to be aware of it. But at the same time, it cannot become a mockery. But you can't miss the
2: obvious stuff the fourth step has got to be traveling. Yeah, yeah. If, if LeBron picks up the ball and carries it with nobody around him between half court and the top of the key, you need to be looking at it.
1: Right, because then you have a segment of the fan base who's going to say, wait a second, man, this is a fix. This it's is in. rigged. Right, and, and, and as I understand it, these ratings are taking a hit. I pay zero attention to ratings because I watch what I watch. But that's one of the reasons why they're thinking right. of tweaking this. They're tweaking that, and now they're going to recede just, this in the playoffs. I don't and
2: think blah blah should, blah. I don't think they should overreact to that. They're missing a lot of stars this year. If they had those stars and they had those guys to put on TV, I think people would watch them. I mean, it goes back to people do watch the stars, but they don't have Steph Curry to put on TV this year. They don't have Clay Thompson. They don't have Kevin Durant. Right from the get go, I mean that's that's a lot of star power. Those are. Games, Uh, big markets, and people all over the country will tune in to watch Curry and Durant. And they may tune in to root against them, because they've won too much, but they'll still tune in. Yeah, when Aaron
1: Rodgers goes out, Tom Brady goes out. Uh, You know, that's actually a good example, because
2: the NFL had a little lull in their ratings, and now they're back. They were up again this year.
1: That was the Kaepernick spiel. Yeah. Don't so
2: don't that, so don't overreact to the rate. The bottom line is that people love the games and in the short run you may take a hit for whatever reason, but you're going to bounce back. It it's well, live sports programming, it's live drama. You don't think the NBA is going to bounce back in a regular
1: season? I mean, it doesn't need to bounce back to me Right. cuz I no, well, because who that, I haven't
2: bounced out. I agree. There are still millions I, of people watching I, NBA games. I can't who are speak like,
1: for those people who've bounced who are out. Like,
2: who are like you, and are like, well, I'm going to watch Doncic, and I'm going to watch LeBron, I'm going to watch the local team, and, I'm gonna, and I get that. Yeah. But for some of the casual fans, and it may just be, it's not that they're out necessarily. You know, When they start talking about all these games, it's like, well, out of you know, seven or eight TV games in a week, you watched three this year, and last year you would have watched four or five.
1: I, can't, I, don't I don't even know.
2: know the people are all the way out. I don't know. It I just seems to me, as someone who does watch the ratings, all the talk about all this other stuff seems like a massive
1: overreaction. I, yeah, these people are being paid millions of dollars to do these things, so that would, uh, I don't... I wouldn't think they think it's an overreaction. That's their I, jobs, I, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be
2: more worried about the trends that they've seen over five or ten years. Empty seats in arena. People, the HD experience is great. Why hassle with the traffic and the parking? You know, and this is a pretty easy city to move around in. It, it's different if you're in, you know, L.A., New York, Chicago, or, you know, Dallas and Fort Worth. That, that's a massive metroplex, and you've got that story about driving across in the rain, and it took like an hour and a half. You know, that's too much on a weeknight, even if Luka Doncic is awesome. How do they fill seats? That's a longer-term problem. The ratings thing seems to come and go.
1: Yeah, but money is based on TV, not so much attendance.
2: Right. But I do think that one thing that does impact TV is having a good, quote-unquote, studio audience. You know, Cameron Indoor isn't the biggest place, but it looks crazy on TV. It looks great. It only seats 9,000 or 8 or 10 or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I see. I I can't really respond to that because yeah. I'm going to watch Utah State and Air Force, and, and there's Clune
2: Arena seats five thousand. Yeah. It looked like it was half
1: full. It, it really doesn't matter yeah. to me. None of that stuff matters to me. So I'm I'm not a I'm not in the position to respond to any of this stuff. But I do think it's all what they have to be concerned about, and they need to be ahead of the game. I mean, you you have to in a sense overreact. Because if you don't, then you sit back and you're acting too late. So you have to stay ahead of the
2: curve. And see, I think that it's getting pushed off on the TV ratings. I think that is more what the commissioners think about with this in-season tournament. You know, the single elimination thing. Hey, let's create some urgency. They're not going to go under because of the regular season TV ratings. I don't even think they're going to take that big a hit. But they could make it even bigger. And I think that's it. If he invests in this tournament, it's probably not going to be a hit year one. But if he invests it over a decade, they might have a new, uh, a new revenue stream, as they like to say.
1: Yeah, so you have to be thinking down the
2: line. Yeah, and I think that's what they're doing. I think it, if, they, if you tell me it's more proactive down the line thinking is why they want to do some of these things that they're talking about. Okay, well, I can sign off it? on that. But if it's because the TV ratings are down 2% this year, I'm like, well, don't turn everything upside down Yeah, so but I, don't, I, that. I
1: thought it was like 20 But I'm get, not, I'm get not Steph a TV Curry guy. back. Get Klay Thompson. But those back, get guys Kevin are going Grant. to leave. They're not going to be there forever. You're. You no, can't. they're
2: not. But the game reinvents itself. And so then the next Doncic will come along. I mean, Doncic. You know, they lost Dirk Nowitzki. He's not going to be there forever. And now here's Doncic. Well, I want to see Donsich play. Good grief. Yeah, but
1: then, then just Thank sit back player. and go to Bermuda then. What <laughs> the hell? We got nothing to worry about because the next daunch is just going to come around. Don't, so don't do worry anything. Just stand there. So just sit back. If that's the case, then it's inevitable. Well, for all the changes they're making, if they're telling me we're going
2: to be proactive and build something in the next 10 years that's really going to be worth something, okay, that's a reason to do it. But do you but think if they're going to do it for a day or a week, I'm a not, month? I'm not freaking out over the TV
1: ratings. Because you're not losing money. It. And so it's easy yeah. for you not to freak out on anything. This Money is still, the same money that's been flowing into your bank account is still flowing into your bank account. So it has no bearing on you. So of course you, why would you freak out? Well, it'll only affect them in the next TV deal. It's not affecting them right now. I mean, they got the rights fee locked in. That's why everything is for the future of course. Yeah, that's the whole point. It's nothing for today. That's why I don't think there there's anything that they can do basically within reason of course that would not be yeah. deemed as an overreaction. Right. They need to be overreacting. Well, they're
2: they're doing the small things around the edges they can. They've been swapping out Warrior games cuz nobody really wants to watch them right now. And so they've taken they took a Warrior Jazz game off ESPN. That was a good idea. Uh, Agreed. Sure, they got a a
1: more valuable game that can be put on TV that night than the rest of the
2: country. But and a lot
1: of it's perception, and the perception is the players don't care enough. I think that's what drives it, and so they have to get into the mindset of the public. Yes,
2: we do. Yes, they do. I do think that over the course of the last decade, it has become way more acceptable to rest guys, to do the load management thing. Right. And you got it back to your point about LeBron and the foul trouble. If you're going to spend $125 to see LeBron or fill in the name of whatever superstar, any of the top 10 or 20 guys in the game, and then you show up and that guy doesn't play, you know, if you're way into it and it gives your team a better chance to win, some people can probably roll with it. But there are definitely people, especially as America moves around more, they're like, yeah, I don't really root for this team, but this guy's in town, I want to go see this guy.
1: That happened to me last year. I went to one game as a fan. I went to, obviously, a whole more as a media member. But I went to one game as a fan, and it was a... You and the little lady? She
2: got a nice outfit, a cocktail dress?
1: And some friends. Sweet. Yeah. So the four of us made an evening of it, mm-hmm. go to the game, and it was, uh, I believe it was a Saturday night in February, right? And it was the Dallas Mavericks, and friggin' Doncic didn't play. And I picked that game. Because you wanted to see Luka Doncic specifically and asked for tickets for that game so I could see this kid play because we have heard so much about him, and he didn't play. And I was disappointed. And now I could turn around and go to every other game for free. So I'm the last guy to be complaining about it. Right. But I'm just putting myself in the position of Joe and Mary fan, Right. And they... They go to one, two, or three
2: games a year,
1: and they specially pick that one. That would suck. And after I moved from California and moved up here, uh, every year we would go down to the the beach. Every year. And go to a Dodger game. And Mm -hmm. we'd set it up. And the one year I went, they did this every year, but one year I went, and they were arresting Piazza. Dang it! Yeah! Now, he's a catcher, so he needs to rest. You, no, 120 games. a five-year game, five career if you play uh, them all the time. Right. 120 games yeah. is
2: a big year for a catcher. Right. And they're not going to play. So they're, one, they're 60, coming seven. out
1: at least once or twice a week. But it still sucks because he
2: might put a big swing on a ball. and I want to see the kid hit, play. Hit a 450-foot yeah. homer and everybody
1: goes nuts. And consequently, this past season, we went down and uh, after uh, Pac-12 media, uh, the Dodgers were playing the Angels at home. So... We drove the 10 miles that took 90 minutes to get there and and Steve, uh Mike Trout is playing, right? Just walked to the game. <laughs> My I practically could have uh, Mike didn't get any hits that day, but or that evening makes some but running he catches. threw out uh-huh. a guy from center field and I immediately got on Twitter to see, and they they clocked it at 94 miles an hour.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He basically throws like a major league pitcher. Yeah, the guy's just a freak. And
1: his first time up, uh, there was uh one out, and uh, I think guys on first and second, and he hits a grounder that looked like it was routine. Well, he's a friggin' charging bull down the line, right. And he beats the throw out because he's just hauling you know what. And he's thick and he's just fun to watch run. Well, And the reason why I bring that up, and that's sort of a non-consequential non-con- play, whatever I'm trying to say. Next guy up hits a double and they get two runs. And if he doesn't bust it, it's a double play inning over. So even though he goes over for four, I come away and think, that was awesome. I, and I'm a baseball guy, everybody knows that. So I got to see Mike Trout. Didn't get any hits, but I got to see him do his thing year before I went, he goes two for for four and hits four ropes, including a home run. And so if he's not playing that day, as a consumer, I'm upset. And I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest knock on the NBA is the perception that these guys don't care and they don't put forth enough effort to the point of some of them don't even play. They don't go to work when the rest of us are going to work every day to some crappy job, me excluded. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have a crappy job. Right, I know. I get it. And my father did. There, there have been too many... he went every freaking day right. for 55 years.
2: But there have been too many stars who sat, and they got doctors and science on their side that says these guys will be better prepared for the playoffs, which is the real prize. I know. If I know. they sit. Yeah, I know. I got it. And then back to the point about walking away from money. It's easy for me to say, well, they shouldn't play 82 games. They should play 66. No one should ever play four games in a week. That would be the end of back-to-backs. And the commissioner has been leading the charge on limiting back-to-backs. And they've gone from 18 to 20 a year to, you know, 13 to 16 a year. They keep seeming to trim them down. They started the season earlier so they could spread some games out. They're trying to be careful with that. And And I appreciate them trying to do all that. But then Kawhi Leonard sits anyway. And it frustrates me, yeah. And and Kawhi Leonard has won two titles with two different clubs. It looks like he might win a a third with three. Right, I mean, he's having a great career here. And so it kind of started with the Spurs, and he was a Spur, and he's taken with him other places, and it's spreading. And, you know, guys in the San Antonio organization are getting jobs other places. Now, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be spreading here. We were just talking about the games played, and the the jazz players are playing – you know, big numbers, but there are definitely big name guys. And, you know, some of these guys come back from injury next year. Maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll have to do it. Maybe they'll be like catchers in Major League Baseball.
1: That's why I have its complete and total admiration for LeBron because he said, "Hey, I'm 35 years old. Some people might not be able to see me again. So I'm gonna do everything I can to be out there." And that's why it's not like I root for him because I don't really care, but I have admiration oh, you like that. for him. Yeah wanting to be out there, recognizing he is the superstar and people want to see him play. And he gets that. Malone used to say that all the time. Yep. Back in the day when it was not so prevalent. He did it in a preseason game. He got hurt in Albuquerque and he knows they're not coming back to Albuquerque.
2: And he went back out there, I don't know, what, sprained ankle, dislocated finger. I don't remember what it was, but it was a perfect excuse to be
1: done for the night. And he went back out there and played. Yes, and that's why he had my complete and total admiration also.
2: All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. we got a lot more reaction flying in to the news. The NBA says they got it wrong at the end of the New Orleans game. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, stay with us.
0: Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK
2: reminding you, you got a chance to save a life. Donate some blood at ARUP. Join the zone at ARUP Friday, January 10th. That's this Friday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. At ARUP Blood Services on 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It only takes 30 minutes, and you'll receive a Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, and jazz gear. Got a lot of people tweeting at us about the end of the Jazz Pelicans game. You know why, PK? Because they want things to be fair They want it done right
1: Yeah Make sure you differentiate right From perfect Because I don't think it's ever going to get done perfect
2: Impossible
1: Uh, But you, you want a fair shot And fairness Is not in my mind An absolute So it's not something that is a black and white issue It's impossible. It's too tough of a a job. But you want a shot at it being fair.
2: Uh, Elvis uh, tweets at us, this is the right call after the fact. Maybe our fan base will chill when a call doesn't go in our favor the next time.
1: I think that's the point.
2: Dot, dot, dot. Who am I kidding? The next time a call goes against the Utah Jazz, people are going to quickly forget moments like this, and they're going to grab the torches and
1: pitchforks. Yeah, and, no, and that fan base is no different than any other Which fan base.
2: Which is what Rose Mound immediately tweeted about. All fan bases do this. We're not unique. Uh, correct. Having worked in Sacramento? Absolutely. Everybody was against him. Brian says, a win is a win. not worried about what they say 24 or 48 hours later.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's the point, to take away the win. The point is to understand that the league is trying to be accountable and it's trying to hold to a standard. And it's not infallible by any stretch, obviously. Nor is it ever going to be but they're trying to do their best. that That's the whole thing that, to me, is about the perception of the league. That's the biggest thing. Is that, like, when that Donnie came out and he was th- making calls and throwing games and whatnot. That's what's so scary about it. That's the whole thing of Pete Rose being not in the Hall of Fame when, obviously, his baseball credentials dictate of all the players he belongs in there as much as anybody. It's the idea of there wasn't real competition it wasn't it was fixed it was like pro wrestling or something that is you know this reality TV that is masqueraded as reality TV but you you know you have to wonder is it really scripted and so it's the perception of that that wait a second this is not real this is not real competition because people are going to check out the second it becomes phony competition and there's too much at stake. So this stuff with the last two-minute report and all this stuff is reiterating, no, this is real. Yes, there was a mistake. And maybe it cost the game. I mean, they were down by two. Who knows if he's going to make the free throws? Who knows if they're going to have team. a lead in overtime? None of that stuff is guaranteed either way so it's not about the jazz didn't deserve to win i don't think that's the point at all the point is there's accountability in the process and we're trying to do everything possible to make this fair because we understand the perception of the league and stars are so dominant in this sport that when they sit the perception is "Eh, why should why should i care if they don't care and that's a that's a nagging issue that needs to be addressed as much as possible. And I get it, man. I get it completely. Because you can understand that line of thinking. If they don't care, why should I really care? Why should I invest all this emotion and energy and whatnot? If they're not going to do it, why should I do it?
2: And that is the bottom line right there.
1: Yeah, so that's why which is, this two-minute report is right. a good idea.
2: They at least care about what is right and what is wrong at the end. They're trying over, to get it right. Over time, that needs to reflect on the referee assignments and which referees stay in the league and which don't. I assume
1: it would. I don't pay attention to any of that. Right.
2: Well, and they try to downplay it. I mean, guys cycle in and out of the
1: league all the time. And I wouldn't know that from anybody. I, I would know.
2: if it were somebody who'd been around a long time. I mean, I think some of the guys you recognize because they've ref so many big games. And they've been I, in the league ten or twenty. But years. But I don't but the know their names. But the new guys coming in and out, I don't. I don't know.
1: I can recognize a face, but I cannot put together face and name outside of Dick Bavetta.
2: <laughs> that's not your that's your go-to.
1: Yeah, because he became a celebrity. Like you hear the name Jim Capers, I've heard the name, I have no idea, idea. who Jim Capers is. <laughs> You could line up any referee here, and I wouldn't know who Jim Capers is. But I've heard that name. And who's the guy who does it on, uh, is it uh, ABC? I've seen him. He's got the blonde hair. He comes on.
2: Oh, is it Steve Javi?
1: Is it yeah. No, I've seen that guy a million times.
2: Hey, you don't know Steve Javi? That's the kind of guy I would know. Okay, You've but now,
1: but when he was refereeing, when he was a referee,
2: I knew Steve Javi. Nope. He's was, he was one of the more
1: recognizable I knew the face, but not the name. That's my okay. point. I don't All look right. at the names. Gotcha. And they, look at that see, okay, the referee number three is Steve Javi. I've got no clue. Yes, I can recognize faces, but I don't recognize names.
2: All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. BYU with a big basketball game at St. Mary's. Thursday night, Roxy Bernstein's going to call the game. He's going to join us coming up at 830. And Jay Drew, BYU football writer, with the Deseret News, writing on a decade of independence. How many years, PK? Nine. All right, let's crack on Jay for math when he gets on first. Let's start there, and then we'll get to the football. We'll talk with him at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.